0: Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. We'll be coming to you weekly, and we'll start off by bringing you the sermon from the 10 a.m. service on Sunday mornings. That way, if you're traveling, or you miss the service on Sunday morning for whatever reason, or even if you just want to listen to it again, you can have it delivered right to your mobile device. To subscribe to episodes so they arrive automatically, you can click the subscribe button in your podcast app on your phone, tablet, or laptop. And now, the 10 a.m. sermon from December 1st, 2019, with Father Matthew Kozlowski.
1: Well, good morning. Hello. I'm actually coming down here because I want to show and tell all of you. <laughs> Father Matthew Kozlowski, blessed and honored to be here with you this morning. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And in the church here, we also say something special on this Sunday, which is Happy New Year! So you can all try that with me. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Well, of course, in the traditional calendar, the secular calendar, we don't celebrate New Year's Eve until December 31st, but in the church year, in the liturgical calendar, in the year of our faith, Advent is the very first season of the year, and it is a time when we once again begin anew, starting with the season of Advent. I thought I'd take a minute and just review the seasons of the church year, and this will be a review for some of you. (laughs) The first season of the church year is Advent, and that's why I'm wearing a blue skull. Some churches use purple on Advent. Here at All Saints, we have blue. You can see the altar, beautiful altar frontal in blue. There are a number of reasons why blue is the color for Advent. One of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons is that blue is the traditional color of Saint Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we remember her faith and her devotion and her commitment and her fearlessness in ushering in our Lord to the world. Following Advent, of course, the next season of the church year will be Christmas. And Christmas is not just a day, but it is a season. How many days of Christmas? There are 12 days of Christmas, beginning with December 25th and continuing until Epiphany on January 6th. The color for Christmas is white white and gold. We always wear white and gold on Christmas for the 12 days of Christmas, and we wear white and gold on the day of Epiphany, January 6th. After the season of Christmas comes what season of the church year? Epiphany, or the season after the Epiphany, technically. And we wear green during that season. Green reminds us of growth, of new life, and sometimes in the season of spring, we get a little bit of uh, a hint of spring during the season of Epiphany, but more importantly, all of the... Scripture readings in the season of Epiphany show us how Jesus Christ is revealed as Messiah to the world, and we're green. Following the season of Epiphany is a season that begins on Ash Wednesday. What is that season of the year? That is Lent. And how many days long is Lent? You're good. And the color that we wear in Lent is... Purple, a couple of meanings of the color purple for Lent. One is that it is a royal color, reminding us of the kingship of Jesus Christ. At the same time, purple is a somber color, reminding us of the bruises and the blood of our Lord, which was shed upon the cross for our redemption. And so we journey together through the 40 days of Lent. Of course, 40 days of Lent, Conclude with Holy Week, and after Good Friday comes the most fairest feast day of them all, which is Easter, and we once again return to white and gold as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we wear white on Easter. Did you know that if you ever go to a funeral in this church, and most churches, you will also see white worn at a funeral? Why? Because it is a service of resurrection. Well, we continue to wear light through the season of Easter. Does anyone know how many days are the season of Easter? It's not just one day. It's a whole season. How many days? 50 days of Easter. That's right. 40 days of Lent and then 50 days of Easter. And we wear white and we say Alleluia as many times as we can. And then the 50 days of Easter conclude in another feast day of the year in which we wear Red. What is that feast day on which we wear red? Pentecost. Pentecost. And there's nothing like a church dressed up in red. We celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, and red, of course, reminds us of fire and the burning flame of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives on Pentecost. We only wear that for one day. Although there are other times when we were red during the year. But after the day of Pentecost, we enter the season after Pentecost, which really lasts all the way through the summer, all the way through the fall, and up until today. What color do we wear in that long season of the season after Pentecost? We wear green. It's also called ordinary time. And once again, it is a time for growth and renewal. We read a lot of scripture during that season. And it brings us all the way to what happened last week, which was the Feast of Christ the King. The Feast of Christ the King is the last Sunday of the season after Pentecost. Which brings us, of course, to today. Blue, first Sunday of Advent, Happy New. Well, of course, I have to address the Gospel reading, which we just had. And on the first Sunday of Advent, it's always a bit of a shocking Gospel reading, because it talks about the end times. Jesus talks about when he will come again in great glory, and Advent is a time when we talk about the second coming. We talk about the first coming of Jesus as a child in the stable and the manger in Bethlehem, and at the same time, we look for his coming again. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. We hold that with blessed assurance and faith. But we always get this reading on the first Sunday of Advent, and it can be a bit startling, because it says, well, look, when the Son of Man comes, there will be two men in a field, and one of them will be taken, and one of them will be left. And there will be two women grinding corn at a mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. And if you're like me, this is exciting and troubling at the same time because in my heart of hearts and in your heart of hearts, you may be wondering, will I be the one taken or will I be the one left behind? You know, so much of our life is built around acceptance and rejection. Will I be accepted? Will I be rejected? And when the Son of Man comes, the promise that the Bible gives to us is that we will indeed be accepted by Jesus Christ our Savior, not because of anything that we have done, but by His grace and what He has already done for us on the cross and in the empty tomb. I'll tell you a story. When I was uh, a kid, I went to a uh, summer camp, Christian summer camp in New Hampshire. <laughs> And I liked it so much that I became a counselor at that Christian summer camp. And so you had many uh, 19 and 20 and 21-year-olds like myself, all counselors. And at night, sometimes we would talk about the Bible We talk about theology, in addition to lots of other things, and in only the way that, you know, a, a group of precocious 20-year-olds can talk about theology. And my good friend Stuart, who we called Stu, he was reading a lot of theology, and, and he was troubled about something. He said, you know, I've been a Christian all my life, but I wonder, am I really saved? And I remember we were walking along a path. It was myself and Stu and my other friend, Bryce. And I know exactly where we were because about 100 feet away from us was a particular bridge. And Stu said this again, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. How do I know if I'm really saved? And Bryce said, stop. And all three of us stopped 100 feet from the bridge. And he turned to Stu. And with a stern but smiling face, he said, Do you believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord? He said, Yes, of course. I have my whole life. Then you are saved. And that's it. My friend Stu never asked that question again. There's an old song called Blessed Assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And indeed, we have blessed assurance that he will be ours, but more importantly, that we are his. So that on the last day, we will be accepted by Jesus Christ. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done. You say, "Ah, Father Matthew, I don't know, because I carry around a lot of baggage. You say, "Ah, Father Matthew, I don't know, because I carry around... A lot of doubts what well, we all do what the bible says is that jesus christ on the cross took your baggage and jesus christ in the empty tomb took your doubts and mine too i've heard somebody explain it this way let's say you have two hands here and this is you and me and over here is jesus Well, sometimes we feel that there is like a block between us and God because we are weighed down by sin or by baggage or doubts. And these things weigh us down and they block us from the glory of God. Over here, thanks be to God, is Jesus Christ. And on the cross, in all his love and all his grace and all his power, when he stretched out his arms upon the cross on Calvary, that weight of sin and baggage was laid onto Jesus Christ. He took it upon his shoulders. My sin and your sin, he took it upon his shoulders. And what did that leave us with? Freedom. Such that we would never be separated from the love and the joy and the power of God our Father in heaven. Because that weight of sin and baggage was no longer ours to bear because Jesus Christ bore it gladly and he would do it again what about our doubts? Well, I propose to you that our doubts were answered on Easter Sunday, when Jesus Christ rose out of that empty tomb three days later, a bodily, literal, physical resurrection, defeating sin and death once and for all, vanquishing even the deepest doubts that we have in our hearts. Well, I know this is the time of year that we sometimes feel like we need to get our acts together, especially on the actual New Year, January 1st, people set all kinds of New Year's resolutions and we try to pull our lives together. I think God does, in a sense, encourage us to pull our lives together and get our act together, but he never lets us think that it is by our own power that we do so. It is through his grace, It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is through that freedom and that lightness that is given to us through the resurrection and the death of Jesus Christ that we have any chance of pulling our lives together, which indeed we need to do, but not through our own merits, but through His. So I just want to close with this first collect for the first Sunday of Advent in which God does encourage us to pull things together, but reminding us every step of the way that it is only by his grace that we can do that. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life, in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life and the world. Through him, through him, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to the All Saints Podcast. I hope you'll download future episodes. You can subscribe and have the episode delivered automatically each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. I hope you have a great week. God bless.